Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, Conflict. Ooh, Conflict. It can be serious, uh, but also it can be fantastic. There's so many amazing books out there around how what healthy conflict looks like. And uh, I'll tell you, I've been involved in both, both mm. healthy and unhealthy, and probably been the the contributor to unhealthy conflict, and also been the receiver of unhealthy conflict, and been the contributor to healthy conflict, and the receiver of healthy conflict. All I hear when you say all that is that you're the problem. I am the problem. <laughs> the problem and the gift. And times. the gift. Yes. Oh, there mm-hmm. we go. There we go. Wow, we're very confident about well, that. Yeah, that's right. Is that on your business card? Yeah. The, the yeah. gift. Uh, uh, the problem and the gift is on there, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there, there's probably a slogan in there somewhere. I think I, you need to work on that. I think so. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, I think we lost tape like four or five days ago. It seems like we were just here. Yeah, that's true. But uh, that's not true. I guess it's a new week, but uh, yeah. And uh, Greg and I were talking. Uh, thanks, folks. Uh, we had a massive amount of downloads over the last uh, five days. Like, astounding. Well, you know what? I think I, I've been talking to a lot of people. And as they're, sometimes it's I'm on vacation and I just want something to listen to. And our stuff is not heavy, heavy, heavy. It's lighter and it's interesting and it's good conversation. But also people that are coming back are starting to listen who are back on their trains and back on the commutes as they go back to two days a week or whatever it is. This is the time when podcasts are listened to. So maybe that's, uh, that that's what folks are doing. And maybe also people are just uh, trying to get uh, insights as they return to work. I got to figure this out because I'm going back in the office. Uh, that's true. That's true. And what was uh, very encouraging about it was our catalog was being hit all the way up and down. So people weren't just downloading one episode. There were multiple episodes that they were downloading. Uh, so that's cool. Well, that's one thing that I love is the fact that uh, – because we don't necessarily get people to download the whole catalog. Often what we'll find is we'll have people just looking through it. And and uh, each of our podcasts, we have a title that is pretty clearly connected to what the topic is. So what's great is, like today is on conflict. If I'm looking through and I'm thinking, yeah, how do I better think about conflict as a leader? What do I need to deal with? Then I can, I'm going to click that one right? Last week's was confidence. Well, that's something that I struggle with. So I want to tap into that. So that's what's great is we encourage folks, take a look and, you know, pick the ones that are most relevant to you right now. And we will guarantee that there will be at least one or two good ideas or insights that bubble up that you can try. And that's what we want to make this. We want to make this podcast something that's not only fun, but also practical that I can say, oh, yeah, I want to try that. Or, or even to feel empathy to saying, oh, man, yeah, I've experienced that. And to know that they're not alone, that they've gone through it. So that's what we hope. And also, we've made it very clear. We have experiences. We've been around for a while. But what we hope that we're modeling here is that you should have a conversation. Like if we bring up a subject, you go, I like some of what they're saying. Some of it I don't get. Have a conversation. With, you know, Have your own conversation because that's, that's really what we're doing here. Yeah, you know, we've had a couple of folks that have said that what they do is they'll, a couple of folks will listen to one of the podcast episodes and then they'll have a conversation. Well, what do you think? That's a great way to further the conversation and, uh, and deepen the dialogue in your specific situation. And especially if you're a little hesitant about having a conversation, 
using a podcast like ours or somebody else's as a lead in to say, listen, I was listening to these two guys talk about conflict and some points came up and uh, I think it'd be great, great opportunity for us all to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Great lead in because it's that, it's that, it's that space between I want to do something, but I'm a little nervous about bringing up the conversation. Well, if we can help with that, that's fantastic. I love that. So let's continue. We have both been managers for long periods of time in our careers. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss the situation where we and others have missed the mark, and we will start from the perspective of the employee and then move on. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion, which is a little bit ironic because we're talking about conflict, but hey, so, so be it. So be it. So you have a work environment where you experience some or all of the following. You are in conflict with the boss. You have a different thought or approach to a situation and it has gotten heated. You feel your blood boil and it takes you and your boss out of a place where a proper conversation can take place. Someone is using phrases such as they are difficult, disrespectful, or not a good company employee or disloyal to describe someone that is speaking up asking questions, or pushing back. Maybe that person is you. Once a blowout takes place, no one knows how to or wants to come back together to continue the discussion. A lack of EQ seems to be stunting the ability to have a good conversation. When employees see the consequences of conflict, they can shut down and just do the minimum that they need to do. So Greg, how important is this subject and how does it affect our relationships and the work environment? This is so important. Um, there, there are many great books that are out there, uh, that are, uh, candor books and fierce conversation and how to have a difficult conversation. There are some really powerful books that are out there that give some great tape, great tips, because this is, this is where the really rich stuff happens. So conflict when it's unhealthy, just blows things apart and creates, you know, that one point where how do you, how do we get back together? Cause we don't know. You know, because every time you enter back into that space with that individual, um, yeah, you have uh, PTSD. You know, you've almost got that 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 fear. You know, the scars that have happened with regards to it, and it can be just terrible. Uh, because often, what people want to do is they want to, when conflict happens, they want to avoid it. So they want to stay away from it, uh, or they just want to dive deep into it. So both sides to it can be can be really crunchy. But what happens is they're just there are disconnects unless you learn to be able to manage both manage and recover from a conflict situation. So healthy conflict can be beautiful, you know, like really having a bit of a heated conversation, really being strong and courageous about your position, but also being open and curious with the other person's position, like really being okay to kind of uh, get into it in a respectfully direct way is beautiful. Um, but, uh, when it happens in the way you've described it here, um, it can leave big holes. What I kind of zeroed in on in my memory and in my experience is, is the use of some of these words when, you know, somebody, when there's a spirited conversation, somebody's pushing back or asking the questions that need to be asked. And, and sometimes people uh, are described like you're being difficult or you're being disrespectful or you're not a good company employee. Or what I really hate is somebody says, you're, you're being disloyal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes in this argument, 
people's emotional reaction becomes the narrative. They're now, I'm really upset. Mm -hmm. Rather than, okay, just deal with it, walk away, and we're going to talk about a bunch of things and get back to what's going on. The reaction becomes the narrative. Mm -hmm. And and people become isolated. People go like, I'm never going to bring anything up again. Greg, you know, he just blows his lid and then he says, I'm disrespectful. And like, I'm just pushing back hard. I believe in this project and I want the best to come out. And 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 if there's an approach that isn't working, then I'm going to push and say, hey, listen, this isn't working. Uh, I think we need to test this. You know, we need to, you know, whatever it is, that's what I kind of zeroed in. And there, there's a few things in my past. Once One time somebody says, I need you to be loyal to me. It's like, this is a paramilitary organization. I swore allegiance to the queen. Mm-hmm. And there's all these rules I have to follow. I didn't swear allegiance to you, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't. That's what's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. It's like. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're not on that piece of paper when I said I will or I do or whatever it was. I've just seen a bunch of situations where the reaction and what people think about the reaction becomes the story rather than the work that we need to do. Or it was a good idea the person brought up. Yeah. And and sometimes people uh, make him on strong. People feel passionate about things, but people seem to take things personally and that ends up being the story yeah and that you know and you know we've talked about that uh we've been in a remote uh work environment for the past few years and that's made it even more complicated because we haven't worked together the norms that we may have had before are gone or we don't even know you and we lost those skills we lost the skills and the other thing is that Humans are complex. Mm. You know, if you ever look at, there's some great, uh, they have the diversity wheel where they show all the things that make us unique. And, you know, if you really populate that things, there are thousands of things, experiences, background, culture, everything makes that unique. So the likelihood of conflict occurring, the likelihood of disagreement occurring and frustration and those bubbling up situations occurring is going to be like 99, 100%. It's going to happen. Yes. Um, it's, it's what we do in those moments. And we do want people to step up and say things and push back and, and challenge what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, that's re- where things get refined. That's where things get stronger. But, um, unless we really are equipped to be able to have those conversations or recover from them, because even the best leaders, you know, like I'm a pretty, uh, I've always been a fairly open, create safe space, but sometimes things just get get really crunchy in me and i you know it's almost like i can see myself doing it when i'm stepping in in a non-respectful ineffective way and man you know i leave and i think oh whatever or it's like i'm saying stop 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 but it's too late it's out of my mouth and i've created the space that that uh brings somebody down and if you both come to the conversation that way (laughs) right yeah like, oh, like, oh, no. Greg needs a coffee. Maybe yeah. I need a coffee too. Yeah, exactly. So we've written down a bunch of points. I'm pretty sure we're going to go off these points anyway, because uh, this is, is probably a pretty uh, uh, topical conversation for the two of us. I think we have some experience with this. But as a manager, what can you do to assist this situation? What do you have an issue with when having an issue with an employee or colleague? What they are saying, who is saying it, or perhaps how it came back. So this is just getting into some triggers and stuff like that. Like you, you, you talked about, you know, you're, you're on the edge and somebody comes in and says something and off you go. So sometimes if you do boil up and there's a conflict situation, like, why are you feeling that way? Is it because you don't like Greg? You don't like what he said? 
or the way he said it, like, what is it? And, and we need sometimes to, you know, understand that. So we can just get back to whatever the content was and right. deal with it. Right. I have a, I have a formula that I, I've of course on, you do. Yeah, of course, of course you do. I do called sail, learn to sail. So stop and breathe because you know what happens when you're in conflict, when you really have an issue with somebody, we're never breathing. And, and honestly, I think when we don't breathe, the oxygen doesn't get, doesn't get to our heads and therefore it just makes it even worse. So stop and breathe. Um, acknowledge and accept. So part of that is, wow, you know, like almost pause and say, I'm angry or I'm frustrating or this person's peeving me off. Uh, and then investigate because I love the con- the questions that you have. What are they saying? Who is saying it? Perhaps how it came out. Uh, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but for me personally, I would say probably 70% of the situation often doesn't even have to do with the person in front of me. It has to do with something else I've experienced. The meeting before. The meeting before, or there's uh, there's a great uh, there's a great book. It's not for everybody, but it's by uh, Michael S- uh, Singer. It's called uh, Living Untethered. And in his philosophy, he says we have scars on our brains and our hearts, and when we experience something through those scars, it pulls us into old stuff, which looks, feels, sounds kind of the same which kind of creates the the crunchiness, which then I react. And before I react and realize that it's not, it has nothing to do with the thing in front of me, it's there. So I love this point. It's about learning. It's, it's learning to pause, understanding your own body and where does, where does crunchiness show up for you? You know, and everybody has a different place. Sometimes it's, you know, you feel it creeping on your shoulder and your neck. Sometimes people feel it in their gut. They start to get crunchy. Sometimes it's a faster breath. I zone out. You zone out. Yeah, everybody has a different way. But just be aware of what's going on and begin to ask those questions. I love that. Anger is an intense emotional state involving a strong, you can tell I looked this up, a strong, uncomfortable, and non-cooperative response to a perceived provocation, hurt, or threat. It is used for self-preservation. Is someone asking you an insightful question, bringing a concern, or pushing back any of those things? Does the emotion involved really fit the situation, or is it just a base response? When we understand where uh, emotion comes from, anger, frustration, any of those ones, does it really fit the situation that we're faced with? Yeah, yeah, and it's natural. It's so, natural. So humans were built to have uh, the reaction aspect. There's tons of studies on the brain right now that talk about the parts of the brain where this is a defense mechanism. And uh, again, think of those scars, but think of then the history of humans, our tigers and, and wild animals around us, and we're have, trying to survive. So often that emotion takes over. And uh, becomes the story comes the story. And this is where I, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but actually this is where the, the, the idea of authenticity and vulnerability is so powerful because, uh, you know, if, if in that moment you're the manager and you can say, huh, wow, God tell you, uh, I, I need to take five minutes. I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm kind of fiery about this one. You know, and I, you know, and I, and uh, I want to dig deeper, but I, I've learned to realize that if I just kind of click fast, not going to be good. So you know what? Uh, uh, and and that allows people that are working for you to be more open 
about, I'm feeling scared about this. I'm feeling, you know, whatever those things are. And uh, I think this is where, but it's acknowledging it, that it's a trigger. It's a signal. And it, and it might be good, might be bad, but just, just pause a bit and reflect. And if you're overconfident or you've been through the wars or maybe you're inexperienced, this might come out easier. Mm-hmm. I agree, 100%. And how many people have lost jobs, been transferred or whatever because of a conflict that wasn't worked through? I've been in somebody's office and it's like, they're packing up like, where are you going? I'm out. Mm-hmm. What for? I got an argument. And you're leaving? Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. If we all look back, there's people that have left, been ushered out or whatever, because whatever the conflict was, it wasn't worked through. And the conflict became the story, not whatever problem or issue or idea that was at the center core of it. I agree 100%. And, um, oh, my mind has gone blank. But, oh, I know it is. Um, I've been reading a lot lately about restorative justice. Mm. And restorative justice is such a powerful methodology to help people work through conflict. Because, you know, there's there's pain that's happened, often on both sides, on yes. all sides. And creating a space where people are actually listening and being open to what has occurred, even if it's been a really bad situation, is so much more powerful. And to your point earlier, you said that, you know, like often you miss voices and those people who are pushing a bit, those people who are maybe kind of challenging a bit are often the voices that are going to make you better. We said at the end of each of our podcasts that, you know, look and listen for the crunchy as well as the joy. It's the same way, but how much lost insights opportunities have happened because someone lost their job because i'm too uh, i'm not un- and i'm unwilling to actually spend the time to dig deeper now if a person is continually aggressive and toxic get rid of them absolutely uh so though there are situations where you need to move someone and you know and and but still have that bold conversation with them because you want them to get better at the next organization if they choose to listen to it but and people that have those relating type issues where they're too pushy or whatever, you know, I've, I've taken somebody aside and said, listen, you have great ideas. We need to tone it down and we're going to discuss a way that you can introduce your ideas in, into the group, into Love the discussion. That. Or it's a, it's a PIP, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Performance improvement plan. I've done that as well multiple times. And, and so, you know, as a, as a manager, you know, we, we get to understand the people that are working for us and we, you know, part of our job is learning how to work with them. So they present themselves better and they can relate better to the group or to the project or whoever they're working with, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. And make sure that PIP is actually really a true, I want you to be better plan. Rather than next stage out. Yeah. Versus yeah. Check. Cause in some organizations, PIP is the death knell. Yes, I agree. I agree. And make a space in a conflict situation to, to get perspective. And you already already talked about this. And so I'm going to run right into the next one because you had already started talking about some techniques mm-hmm. and approaches. And so read the room and retool or approach the situation in another manner to work through it if there is a conflict. Maybe change location, order coffee, take a walk with the person, change it up. Going back into the same room with the same environment may just start things up again. I love that. And the one that really kind of jumped out at me is that take a walk one. Um, 
it is amazing how let's just let's just take a walk uh, there's something about having a discussion walking side by side mm-hmm. although there's power of looking at each other's eyes sometimes that is really important to have that really direct conversation but sometimes we listen more because we're not misreading things and that type of thing and so that walking side by side can be a really powerful way to let's let's just take a walk and kind of uh, uh kind of uh, you know work through this i i love that one I've seen a couple of times in meetings where things, you know, we kind of reach a crescendo and the boss goes, we're going to take a coffee break. Right. Um, who's going to go down and get it? I'm ordering it right now. Now everybody's talking about what they want and they're ordering it on their app and somebody's right. going to go down and get it. Sometimes just changing it up is such a good thing. And you know what? Going with a walk with somebody is like taking a drive with somebody. It's a very intimate yeah. form of communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of captured together and you don't have as much uh, because you're not facing each other. It, it, it takes a bunch of things away from that situation. And when you're looking at somebody, it's 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 a little different than if you're just side by side. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of cool. And you know, we've uh, I'll say it once more time: the three un- unarguable statements, because this is a beautiful one in this case. Is you know, as the leader saying, I'm sensing there is a lot of passion in the room, mm-hmm. and you know, a bit of crunchiness. And uh, personally, I think that is good that we bring that to the table. But I, what I'm thinking is that this would be a great time to take a five-minute coffee break just to kind of reflect and say, okay, how do we want to show up? And especially great leaders uh, actually have a, a shared commitment to how we are going to deal with conflict. Um, I was with an organization uh, at the end of last week. And they talked about, and they're a very fact-based organization. So they're mm-hmm. like, the leadership team is like overly facts, tons of facts, and which is really great. But what they do is they they really narrow down on asking questions around what's going on, what are the facts, what do we need to understand. Then they actually go to, based upon those facts, what do we need to do? But they add the third piece in is, how do we do this now, have a conversation through the lens of kindness? And they actually have added kindness to their third step in how they deal with conflict. Doesn't mean you can't have bold, mm-hmm. direct conversation, but through the lens of kindness is... I don't want to hurt this person. I just want them to understand what I'm thinking and what I think should right, happen. Right, right. It's just, it's it's such a beautiful... Um, and they just kind of evolved over time. So they're very fact-driven. They're, they're very action-driven. But before they do that, they go through the kindness lens, which is the heart-driven. So you know what? And it is actually balancing all three of those things. Great conflict involves the mind. um, It involves action. And it also involves the heart. And if you feel your blood starting to boil a little bit or you're getting frustrated, listen to what someone is saying and ask questions. Careful not to be sarcastic, Alistair. Be measured. Take a breath. Show you're listening and be respectful. Uh, I remember I was having a conversation with this person that just arrived on my team and they were getting a bad deal with the last person they work for. I'm not quite sure what the story was and I didn't really care right away. I said, listen, I don't know the crap you've been dealing with, but today we're talking about this file that you've joined our team to work on. And I'm really interested in, in what your thoughts are on this are. And I know you're going to be dealing with that other stuff and I'm sorry you're going through that. That's not what we have here. I'm here just to get some stuff done and we're shorthanded. I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. So let's just, let's just continue. And it just, oh, okay. Okay. You're respectful that I'm having difficulty somewhere. Right. But realizing that I'm not the problem. Right. And now we're just going to talk. 
I love that. And you know what? We've talked a lot about um, if you are in conflict is to um, declare it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, uh, first of all, obviously we have a, a disconnect. You and I think completely different as Alistair. Um, and so you go and then I'm going to go. Right. That is the key is to say, um, but first I want to hear what, what you're thinking. You know, we, we've talked before in the podcast about the power of starting from perspective versus position. Yeah. If you tell me what's your position, well, that gives you the end result. If you can tell me kind of what's your perspective, what's behind, let me, uh, tell me where you're at and how you got there. Mm-hmm. Can we start with that? And then after you said, then this whole idea of asking permission, saying, okay, Alistair, now are you okay for me to share kind of where I'm at and how I got there? Yeah. The so story. It's a story. Where I'm at and how I got there is so powerful. Versus this is what I want to do. Right, right. Because right. you know what? Something that Alistair says is going to hit as, oh, shoot. I actually agree with that point. Yeah, this, I'm, we're just divergent on this one point. Yeah, yeah. We're telling yeah, the same yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, often that's the case, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I've always loved as powerful is uh, tell me more. Mm. Because sometimes when you, Alistair, will describe to me where you're at and how you got there, you haven't really told the full story because it's risky to say what it is. So as a leader, a great thing to do after you ask someone to say, okay, tell me where you're at and how you got there. Let them do it and then say, so tell me more. Uh, what talk, else is there? You talked about some research. Tell me more. Yeah, tell me more. Dig a little deeper because yeah. that will get even more depth out. And then go. And it doesn't mean you're going to get um, – my daughter was involved in a conversation with a guy last week down in uh, – she went to a trip and they, it, was a, it was a hot issue. And they had uh, a really deep conversation. And she said, in the end, we didn't change each other's mind. No. Nope. Um, but – we modeled exactly a better conversation. So, so as you as a boss, if you're going, oh, tell me more about that. You know, tell me more about the research. And you had conversation with a couple of people where you got some information. Tell me more about that. You're modeling how everybody should be talking to each other. Yeah. And that is so important rather than, listen, I think you're being disrespectful or, or you're not a team player. That's a, that's a conversation killer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then if you end with, okay. I appreciate that. Obviously, we still have a different viewpoint, but let's talk about what we're going to agree to going forward and what we're not going to agree. And sometimes if you're the manager, you got to say, okay, this is what I need you to do. So sometimes that's the case, but you know what? They've been heard. People are more willing to do something that isn't exactly what they want to do if they've been heard. So review what happened after the fact, what worked, what didn't, what got in the way, and what is the state of the relationship of the people involved afterwards? Being thoughtful and uh, valuing uh, the relationship, the ongoing relationship with people, I really do think is important in the way that you end up approaching people in, in, in subsequent conversations. Re- reviewing what happened and going like, I'm never going to say that again. That did not work. That did not go over well. Or, yeah, when I said, uh, you know, tell me more about that. That went really, really well, which is you know, having you know, come from the policing world and you know, taking a bunch of like interview courses and investigation courses, that's the way they told us. If somebody's talking, tell me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And you know, the other thing is, I love the fact with, this adds a little bit of formality to it, but um, putting in at the end of a conversation, you know what, uh, uh, Alistair, I really appreciate that, the way we had that conversation. It was crunchy. It was tough. 
But here's the things that I noticed in there that helped it. What did you notice? So actually getting, you know, it's not only modeling, but to your point, reviewing what we did allows the person to kind of think, well, you know, the thing that I really loved about that is that you allowed me space to to say something, but then I listened much more effectively. So actually have them think through what you modeled and what they learned, what they loved, what they still didn't love and and putting putting that forward. So I love the fact that where you can, don't make it too formal, but just say, hey, that felt like a tough but good conversation. And I and I want to just hold on to that and said, well, so we remember to do this next time. Uh, what did we do well this time that really made that happen? And that's a great thing to have a conversation about. There's been multiple occasions where after a tough meeting, I've bumped into the people like down in the foyer or in the elevator on lining up for coffee and going, listen, I really appreciate that conversation we just had with all those other teams and groups and stuff. Uh, it was a tough conversation. I thought you... Uh, acquitted yourself well. Uh, I thought you dealt with the situation really, really well. And I really liked the way that you listened to some pretty strong feelings on the other side. And just the way that you handled that conversation, I think that's part of the reason why it ended up being successful. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you bump into somebody and just like organically, you know, give them a compliment or, or whatever. Um, that's impactful on people. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the other thing we didn't talk about here, and I just want to capture it now is the, what I maybe call conflict recovery, you know, cause you're going to do things bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about all the beautiful things and how I said the right thing and how I remember it, but there are going to be those times when you misstep because we're human and recovery is so powerful is to say, Hey, Alistair, do you got a couple minutes? I'm really feeling uncomfortable about that conversation we had this morning. And, and the way it ended up. And the way it ended up, particularly how I showed up. And that wasn't my intention. And I want, I think it is an important conversation we have, but I felt that there were some things left hanging. And uh, I, first of all, I apologize if I came across a little crunchy. And if I, if I didn't feel that I was listening, I had a lot going on and I'm not going to make excuses, but I, I felt that I didn't show up as well as I could. Can we have another conversation? That in itself is, again, modeling beauty, because guess what? You're not going to be the master conflict um, person. Avoidance person. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Well, the last two are, are kind of in that kind of sphere is, is who do you want to be and own what you're feeling or what you've done? So, you know, if you have to recover from a conversation and, and – you know, maybe that doesn't happen right away. Maybe it happens a little later when everybody's cooled down a lot and just say, listen, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I lost my cool a little bit there. I apologize. I appreciated the prep you did. And uh, I'd like to have another conversation because I don't like the way that it, it ended up. And uh, I want to more fully understand where you're coming from so that uh, we as a group can make uh, a better decision on what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Rumi's Gate fits really well into here. I knew it was coming. Yeah, Rumi's Gate. You know, like I love things that are like from the 1200s, from a Sophie poet and and philosopher. And anyways, folks that have heard me say this before, and this is Greg's extension of Rumi's Gate. Mm. But it's uh, so you, say you and I, I'm really peeved off of you for some reason. There's a conflict. Um, before I go into any conversation, take a break, take a breath, and then ask yourself. Is what I'm annoyed about, frustrated about, true? And then I always say, is it really true? Because the first time you ask if it's true, it's, Everything's always, true. it's always true. So is it really true? And, you know, if it is, it's something we need to have that conversation. Then you, you ask, is it necessary? 
Um, is it necessary that I have a conversation? Because there is some stuff that's true, but you know what? It's a one-off. Alistair never does this before, and really, I get the context around it. It's not a big deal. But sometimes it is necessary. And the second question I ask in that bucket is, is it necessary now? Yes. Because it might be, you know, that whole thing around the feeling, own my feeling. I might be too heated mm -hmm. to have that conversation. You're not ready yet. I'm not ready. And then is it kind as his last gate? So Rumi said that you go through, ask these questions, go through those three gates in the steps. Is it true? Is it really true? Is it necessary? Is it necessary now? And is it kind? And if you actually approach that and... And often what we need to do is we need to say, listen, I, um, this is a w important issue that we need to talk about. If you can delay it, if your emotions are high, if your energy is crunchy, and if you don't think you can show up in a way that is going to be healthy in the conflict, call a timeout. Like you said earlier, call a timeout, take a walk, say, let's connect this afternoon. I want us to talk about this because it's important and going forward. But but go through those gates or talk take a break. So let's flip to the employee. And I think there's going to be some common themes in this. But uh, always aim to have a healthy conversation going in, especially if you're going to be pushing back, maybe asking some tough questions, or you have a concern with what's going on. Going in with the intent to be you know respectful, to be uh, you know you just want to talk about this thing. This isn't personal really important to go in there with that mindset. Mm -hmm. And, you know, similar to a manager too, it's about the one thing, you know, for sure is how you're feeling and what you're thinking about and what you're receiving and what you're experiencing. And starting with that perspective, not that you are wrong, but here's what I'm concerned about. Here's what I've been feeling and thinking. And, you know, when this happened, this is what, what, what it made me think and what it made me do. These are all good ways to having a healthy conversation. If you go in with your finger pointed. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's not a healthy conversation. Have the courage to say what you need to say, mm -hmm. but say it in a way that is, that is, it allows that person to understand the impact and your perspective. And you're not attacking them. Right, right. And how are you showing up in the conversation? Keep calm and carry on. Uh, people can't see me, but if I'm going in and I'm talking to you and my arms are crossed like this, or I'm waving the finger at you, it's not going to go well. Yeah. Because people are going to get defensive right yeah. away. For what? Because you're sitting a certain way. And, and so being really cognizant of how you're coming into a place, not only your mind, your emotions, but also the way that you're, you're holding your body. Yeah. There's tons of studies around body, uh, how you're showing up physically and tone. That you can, I've done this in workshops sometimes where I've said, okay, get a topic that you both agree with and then act, do body language that's opposite of agreement and tone that's opposite of agreement. So, you know, we might both be Maple Leaf fans, right? Toronto Maple Leaf fans, we're not. But anyways. Uh, no way. Yeah, yeah. So so you are a Maple Leaf fan, but if I'm able, I, I can say, you know, we can talk about the Leafs and how well they're doing, but when you're talking, if I cross my arms... Or I respond to you with a much an intense kind of angry tone, even if it's a topic that we're agreeing with, there will be tension between us. That's right. And But if I'm more open and I lean in, if my tone is more, even if it's in a topic that we disagree with, it's that calmness, it's that setting the tone that allows you, to, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, I, and 85% of what happens between us is physical and tone. That's right. That 15% is, is words. So it's amazing. 
It is interesting. Uh, I worked in a group before I joined the police. I worked in a group home for four years. In the first two years, I spent a fair bit of time in the behavior man, uh, management team, and I was watching these really gifted people work with these clients. And it was a residential setting, so we're in their house mm. basically. Mm. And we had a couple people that you know at times were really frustrated. And the first time I watched this one person, so this person is losing it, like they're they're angry and they're having trouble communicating. And, and the worker that I worked with just said, uh, listen, Greg, um, you know, I can see you and it was very quiet. And so the client had to mm. stop yelling to listen to what they were saying. Mm. And over the course of 10, 20, 25 seconds, they calmed down and, okay, uh, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's sit down and talk about it. And just by the way so that they presented themselves, and I'm watching this, like I haven't even gone to school yet, right? I went to school for social work. This is before I went to school. And I'm watching this, and I'm going like, I need to watch these people closely because this is a behavior modification unit. And if something that simple can work in this situation, what else, what yeah, other magic yeah, do yeah. these people have? It was a really informative place that I worked and I went, and you know, you're on the street, you know, as a copper and people are like, you don't get called for the good things, yeah, right? And yeah. you go there and just learning, you know, the way that you hold your body, the way that you talk and you know, using a calm voice and stuff, it really does affect the situation. De-escalation. De-escalation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so the minute cool. you get out of a car, you know, <laughs> this one guy and he says, don't start running when you get out of the car. We go, why? It's just going to make the person actually run. So just get out of the car. Hey, hey, Greg, how's it going? Or, hey, how's it going there? What's up? And by the, by that time, you've closed the distance and you're talking to them. And if you have to go hands-on because it's some sort of situation, then that's fine. But, you know, often by coming in with a poor attitude, we're going to just generate a poor attitude in somebody else. It's like, you know, jump out of the car, start running after Greg. Guess what? Greg's going to run. Greg yeah. does might even know why he's running, but it's, yeah. it's those actions create another action. And we've seen that in work, you know, not just, I mean, of course, you're talking about being a, on a police force and going for but we've seen the good and the bad of that. But at work, we've all, at, at normal corporations or workplaces, you've also seen that where, the tone starts it, man. It, man, man, you know, you feel the room freeze, right? So, well, that fits right into our next point. Don't enter into a discussion if you're still angry or frustrated about what's bringing you to the table. Yeah, like if you're going to come in, just start yelling at people or have a poor, poor attitude. Guess what's going to happen? Unless somebody is really diligent about calming things down and, and kind of de escalating what's going on. It might not go well, and yeah. you might not get the result that you want. Yeah, and it's tough. You know, if you have a boss that is a screamer and that type of thing, that's going to be really hard, you know, but you can still have an influence. You can do, still, do you think people still put up with that these days? Uh, not not as much, okay. but there are uh, there are toxic organizations out there. That I mean, I had a conversation today with someone who was telling me about an organization that they were working with, and they said, it, you know, it's striking how bad it was. Wow. And uh, people people um, respond with their feet. Uh, in this yes, organization, yeah. boy, the turnover I think that's big. Huge. I think that's big right now. Yeah, people yeah. just leave. People just leave. They're they don't not, want to put up with any crack. They're not going to put up with any crack. So, so I mean, uh, better to have the courage to stand in and make, but sometimes, yeah, it's not worth it. And if you see the train wreck happening, suggest that the conversation continue later to give people time to think about the subject matter and what's going on there. And this is kind of uh, the same as on the manager's side, but you know, if it's getting late in the hour and it's, it's not going well, maybe we suggest we circle back and maybe give people 
uh, time to have meetings in between the meetings and just talk things out and, and lower the temperature. Yeah. And even as your, your boss, you know, there's, it's, you know, uh, I'm wondering, Alistair, if, uh, if, you know, I can see we're both, you know, we're both pretty fired up about this. Um, and I'd like to take some time to think a little bit more. Would you be okay if we, uh, continue this conversation tomorrow and majority of the situation, Alistair, even if he's a higher fired up boss and, you know, a little cranky, mm-hmm. will say sure. Um, so, uh, they might not, but, uh, why not take the chance to try it? Mm-hmm. And the next one, I think we've already covered, always read the room and don't contribute to the tension rising. Watch mm-hmm. your body posture. Mm-hmm. The next one, uh, similar to the manager, review what happened after the fact, what worked, what didn't, what got in the way, and what was the state of the relationship of the people involved afterwards. If we don't learn from some of these things, then it really is a waste. Yeah. And, and again, echoing the last situation is you can you can be the one to lead that because leaders are trying to work through stuff sometimes. And if if something worked really well, say, hey, Alistair, I really appreciate the way you you facilitated that dialogue. I felt heard. And I also felt that uh, um, it gave me the space to really say what I thought. And I think that's the better thing we're going to do. So actually giving positive feedback on those situations. And then as an employee, if you're the one who messes up, who gets a little cranky and that type of thing, you can do the same thing. Recovery is always powerful. And it says a lot about your character. It says a lot about your character. If you say to the boss, you know what, I, uh, it might be that you clammed up. It might be that you overreacted, but in both situations, you can say the next day when things have calmed down, hey, Alistair, can we have a conversation? First of all, I want to apologize for last yesterday's conversation because you might have noticed that I was a little quiet and uh, I uh, I didn't say everything that I really needed to say. And, and um, I'm now calmer, and I, but I really like to share my insights and what I was feeling. Would you be open to that? Ask for permission go for it. Or if you did overreact saying, you know what? I apologize. You know what? I, I may have overreacted. I was very emotional. Um, I think now I'm a little bit calmer. Can we have the conversation? And again, asking permission, but again, your point as a leader, I'll be impressed. Again, you're taking ownership for things. And you really need to have a discussion about yourself. Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? I really do believe that, you know, Going into a situation, especially if you know it, it's a it's a big subject, people are going to have a lot of emotional thoughts about it. Going in there with the intent of having a good conversation, we talk about it every episode. You know, it's part of our preamble, right? Yeah, we're going to have a good conversation today because yeah. Greg and I are very different people. Yeah, right. Making uh, almost a covenant to do that is 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 really helpful in situations. And I I know when I'm going into a really difficult conversation. Uh, I can be very sarcastic, very passive aggressive. And if I know I'm going in there, I actually write notes to myself. Mm. Like, this is what I think. This is what I would like to see happen, all this stuff. But then I check myself. Okay, Alistair, you are not going to be happy in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And the best case scenario really isn't the best for you. Mm -hmm. But know that you, uh, that that's how you are. And, and we need to be calm and just connect well with the people. And sometimes you know, you're not going to win. No, I agree. But making a covenant that you're going to be the best person you can be in that conversation really does help you, helps guide you in that conversation. I agree. And for me, two of the most important attributes that you can have in conflict are to be courageous and to be curious. And the problem is you got to move them back and forth. 
because courageous is really saying what you think in a calm, direct, respectful way. You got to do that. And, but also curiosity is well, like we talked about starting by saying, tell me your perspective and, and then actually listening. Cause you know, it's one thing using the words to say, tell me where you're at and, and how you got there, but then really being curious and saying, huh, and so what, 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 what am I hearing that is something that is new for me, that's surprising, that helps me really understand um, those are really two things that are really important. Is that your wrap-up or do you have more? No, I just think the only, my only wrap-up would be conflict is good and needed and necessary in healthy relationships, but it's got to be healthy. And healthy requires us to, uh, I love the aspect of, of, don't start with position, start with perspective, understanding where a person is and how they got there and asking the questions first, like start giving them the space first, whatever, wherever you're starting, whoever you are, if you can be the person to say, I want to understand your perspective first before I share mine, dive into it, push into it, because it's going to be rich for you as growing as an individual and also for the organization. So for me, uh, pre-planning, know you're going into, uh, maybe you bumped into the person earlier and they're obviously not happy, or it's one of those topics that's going to bring out some emotion, you know, make, make a promise to yourself that you're going to be the best person possible mm. in that, in that conversation. That might, might mean that you ask a lot of questions and be open and be kind when you're talking and, and do not attack other people. I was sitting here when I was writing this, uh, yesterday, whenever it was, uh, I was actually a little sad because I went through kind of a checklist of some of the people that were exited from organizations that I'd, uh, worked in, in the past. And, and to me, it was not, uh, warranted, mm. uh, you know, people were branded as being difficult or disrespectful, mm. or they're not a good company employee, or they're disloyal and, and those types of taglines, which really didn't really didn't sit well with me. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've been in a couple of people's office, you know, like, I'm sorry, man. Like I like working with you. And, and so I was a little sad when I was reading that, but I've also been involved in a bunch of situations where, where people knew, listen, this is emotional. Okay. We're all gonna, everybody take a breath for a second. Let's continue on, but let's just realize that, uh, you know, there's a lot going on here and we need to be respectful of one mm -hmm. another and we need to solve it. So you know, there's been some really good memories in writing this and producing it, but there's also been, a, you know, some sad situations mm. as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Mm -hmm. Anything else? No, that's great. I mean, I, I've had those feelings too. So we hope that uh, some of what you've spoken, that we've spoken about, you find helpful. Uh, there may be, hopefully there isn't anything that you find offensive or that we've made you really, really angry. But uh, I've said this a couple of times, of all the episodes that we've done, Surely we need your your philosophy on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is my and my original coach, uh, first coach's philosophy was that you know in our conversation there is going to be things that are crunchy that are going to maybe peeve me off, and uh, there are going to be things that are joyful that are that are the joy is really uh, the things that I'm doing well or making traction on I feel good about, but the crunchiness is equally important because it usually points to opportunities of learning and growth. So we hope that in each of our podcasts, there's a bit of crunchy and certainly uh, some joy there as well, that, that you walk away from things, but whatever is happening in you, just reflect upon it and see what, what's this telling me and what does it help me do differently next time? Mm, that's excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling both today. Yeah, that sounds good. 
So, do you have anything more? I don't. Oh, oh, I almost, I almost forgot, Greg. Oh, a shout out. Shout out. I came prepared. Hang on. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. You're never gonna guess this one. No, I'd never heard of the place before. Yes. Basingstoke, UK. Basingstoke. You have to say it a certain way, I think. Basingstoke. Basingstoke. I don't know. Yes. We have to say, I don't know. I love when we're having little towns. And now that may be a suburb or something like that, but I mean, it is kind of cool. I think it's within a train, commuting train ride of of London. Mm -hmm. That someone has picked up and and finds something that we've talked about helpful. So welcome, Basingstoke. Basingstoke? Basingstoke? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, If we're we're not getting it right, please send us an email. And uh, actually, we will check online to see if we can get that figure out yeah i'm just um i watch way too much british crime shows i'm just seeing this little town with a little pub and a post office i'm totally i'm probably totally off the mark but i just my 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 mind went to a certain place that is awesome and listen listen folks if you want to reach out to us you got any questions or anything like that uh in the show notes are uh, both greg and my contact information but we also have uh talking not ranting at gmail.com we have an email for the podcast and uh talking not ranting.com is our our website and you know for sure if you if there's something you want to talk about or or perhaps you have a question or maybe even a suggestion of somebody we should talk to or a topic that we should be uh discussing greg and i had a, a meeting which is just code for breakfast on saturday and uh we hadn't been there for a while but they still know our orders but um uh, we, we, there's a few topics. This was one of them, uh, and a few guests that we're going to be approaching, ambushing to see if they want to come on and talk to us and share their experiences. But if there's, uh, you have any suggestions or you have any questions or anything like that, by all means, please, uh, reach out. Yeah. I love that. I, I just, uh, I love that. And, you know, again, if you've got a leader that really stands out for you as someone who really demonstrates a lot of the positive things we're talking about email their name ask you know we we would love it doesn't matter where they live we'll have a conversation with them we have had conversations with folks from around the world in a couple spots so uh please feel free to uh ask them first and then uh and then uh, and then (laughs) hook us up so folks uh remember people matter take the time with the people you work with they're important part of your job your success or your failure talk to you next time take care